Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29:11 through 13, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God is God, and he works all things, including your life, according to his purposes. Psalm 57, 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. This is key in understanding God's purpose for your life. God has numbered your days and will fulfill every purpose he has for you. So Billy Graham was asked a question regarding this subject, and the question is, do you think God has a plan for every person's life? I find that kind of hard to believe. There are so many people in the world, and I don't see how he could keep track of them all. Why would he care what they did anyway? And Billy Graham's answer, yes, God does have a plan for every one of us. And the reason is because he loves us and wants us to have what is best for us. You see, if he didn't care for us, then he wouldn't care what we did with our lives. If we wrecked our lives or wasted them, it wouldn't make any difference to him if he didn't care. But he does care what happens to us. He doesn't want us to drift through life without any meaning or purpose, nor does he want us to throw our lives away or destroy them. He loves us, and he knows all about us. Jesus said, Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered by God. Matthew 10.30 Never forget, God is far greater than we are. No, we can't imagine trying to keep track of every person on earth, but God can do it because he is greater than we are. The Bible says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, out of Isaiah 55, 9. How do I know God loves us and cares about us? I know it because he sent his only son into this world to save us and bring us back to himself. Sin has separated us from God, but on the cross, all of our sins were placed on Christ, and he took the penalty we deserve. Yes, God loves us, and he loves you. Respond to his love today by giving your life to Christ. Then ask him to show you his plan for your life, and he will. So Rick Warren writes, God's plan to bring you to heaven. The Bible says the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it's through faith that the righteous person has life, Romans 1.17. God's word also says it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast out of Ephesians 2.8-9. The good news is is that death and resurrection of, of Jesus gives us access to God. In other words, we can only get to heaven by trusting in God through his son, Jesus Christ. How do we express faith in Christ? Here's a simple biblical guide. Admit you need a savior. We can't get to God on our own. We're all sinners. We've blown it. Heaven is perfect and we're not. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness out of 1 John 1 9. 
And the Apostle Paul tells us, God says he will accept and acquit us, declare us not guilty if we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, by coming to Christ no matter who we are or what we have been like, out of Romans 3.22. We need to believe in Jesus. The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, out of Acts 16.31. That means we believe Jesus is who the Bible says he is, and we trust him for our future with everything we have. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, out of John 14, 6. And our belief must be specific in Christ. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by our faith that we are put right with God. It is by our confession that we are saved. As the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. Out of Romans 10, 9 and 10. And confess your commitment to Jesus. Tell Jesus you trust him with your life. Confess that you believe in him and his promises. Jesus said, if you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark, out of John 12, 44-46. Depend on God's promises. You can rely upon God's promises in John three sixteen, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. No matter what you've done or how long you've done it, God promises that everyone who believes in Jesus will live with him in heaven forever. And prayer of commitment to Christ. If you haven't trusted in Jesus and committed to following him, why wait any longer? Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, you have promised that if I believe in you, everything I've done wrong will be forgiven. I will learn the purpose of my life and you will accept me into your eternal home in heaven one day. I confess my sin and I believe that you are God, my Savior. I receive you into my life as my Lord. Today I'm turning over every part of my life to your management. You have the right to call the shots in my life. Jesus, I want to relax in your love. Thank you that I don't have to earn it, deserve it, or work for it. I want to use the rest of my life to serve you instead of serving myself. I humbly commit my life to you and ask you to save me and accept me into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, please reach out to me or reach out to someone at your local church and let them know what you've done. And it's always good to have community around you when you've done that prayer. So next, I want to read you a story, and it's called Push, P-U-S-H. A man was sleeping at night in his cabin when suddenly the room filled with a light, and the Savior appeared. The Lord told the man he had work for him to do and showed him a large rock in front of his cabin. The Lord explained that the man was to push against the rock with all his might. The man did day after day. For many years he told from sun up to sun down, his shoulders set squarely against the cold, massive surface of the unmoving rock, pushing with all his might. Each night the man returned to his cabin sore and worn out, feeling that his whole day had been spent in vain. Seeing that the man was showing signs of discouragement, Satan decided to enter the picture 
by placing thoughts into the man's weary mind. You have been pushing against that rock for a long time, and it hasn't budged. Why kill yourself over this? You are never going to move it. This gave the man the impression that the task was impossible and that he was a failure. These thoughts discouraged him and disheartened the man. Why kill myself over this, he thought. I'll just put in my time giving just the minimum effort and that will be good enough. And that is what he planned to do until one day he decided to make it a matter of prayer and take his troubled thoughts to the Lord. Lord, he said, I have labored long and hard in your service, putting all my strength to do that which you have asked. Yet, after all this time, I have not even budged that rock by half a millimeter. What's wrong? Why am I failing? The Lord responded compassionately. My friend, when I asked you to serve me and you accepted, I told you that your task was to push against the rock with all your strength, which you have done. Never once did I mention to you that I expect you to move it. Your task was to push, and now you come to me with your strength spent, thinking that you have failed. But it is that really so? Look at yourself. Your arms are strong and muscled. Your back is also strong and muscled. Your hands are calloused from constant pressure, and your legs have become massive and hard. Through opposition, you have grown much, and your abilities now surpass that which you used to have. Yet you haven't moved the rock but your calling was to be obedient and to push and to exercise your faith and trust in my wisdom. This you have done. I, my friend, will now move the rock. At times, when we hear a word from God, we tend to use our own intellect to decipher what he wants, when actually what God wants is just simple obedience and faith in him. By all means, exercise the faith that moves mountains, but know that it is still God who moves the mountain. So next I want to introduce a song by Tommy Walker and it's called For I Know and here it is. For I know, For I know the, plans the plans I have, I have for, you, for you say it the love Say the Lord, say the Lord. For I know, for I know the plan, the plan I have, I have for you. For you, say it the Lord, say it the Lord. Oh, say the Lord, say the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to prosper you, and not to harm. For I know, for I know the plan, the plan I have. Oh 
song by Tommy Walker and the part that I like best is for I have a future I have a hope this is his promise so we need to believe in this and take it to heart that he does have a plan for us we all go through periods of time where we find ourselves wondering if God has a plan for us and what exactly that plan is so can you relate learning to trust God's plan can bring on a whole other set of questions and struggles Whether you are diligently seeking direction or something specific or you're looking for the peace that comes with acceptance to God's will. So we're going to look into finding encouragement that indeed God does have a plan for your life. God did not create us, put us here on earth, and then remove himself from our lives. Quite the contrary. So again out of Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So why trust God's plans? And we know that in all things God works for the good in those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose out of Romans 8.28. Because Paul tells us that God is working all things for our good. He loves us and calls us his children. The Bible is full of scriptures about trusting God. As our Creator and Redeemer, we need to humble ourselves and submit to His plan. He is all-knowing and all-powerful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I like how Solomon makes a point to say that we should trust God and not look to our own understanding. Why? Because we see only a small fragment of what is going on around us. God sees everything including the present and the future. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him out of Psalm 28.7. David saw God's hand in his life repeatedly, and even when things were not going well for him, he always proclaimed his faith. He knew about trusting God in difficult times as well as relying on him to direct his paths. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord, out of Psalm 112.7. We could use David's word as prayer for trusting God's plan. If you are having trouble or in a period of uncertainty, pray David's prayers. Proclaim God's promises. Here is one more. Let the morning bring me a word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life, out of Psalm 143.8. So how do we trust that God has a plan for our lives? First, absorb yourself in Scripture, the living Word of God. It is just as applicable to your life today as when it was written. It is also necessary to keep a few other things in mind. We need to realize this plan is not yours. 
Trusting God's plan for my life begins when I realize the plan is not mine. God's plan for us may or may not be the plan we have. If you are urged to change your lifelong dream, take heart. God has a better one for you. If your ambitions are not coming to fruition, pray about them and see what God has planned for you. Allow God to take control over your life. Why? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, out of Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Humbling, isn't it? But doesn't it make you feel safe knowing that someone greater than you is guiding you? God will not lead you away from what is best for you, even if you do not see the goodness of his leading. His ways are higher than ours. He knows what he is doing. Trusting God with our future often means focusing on the journey and not the destination. Why? God's main objective is working in your heart, removing the sin and disobedience, and fulfilling you with the fruits of the Spirit. This can only be accomplished through a journey. The ups and downs of life, the pain and joy, all teach us, change us, and encourage us to be more like Him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him, dear friends. Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Out of 1 John 3, 1-3. So our journey is that of purification, purifying ourselves from our sinful nature and desiring to be like him. I want to point out that 1 John proclaims the great love our God has for us. Love is God's motive. Learning to trust God's timing comes into play here also. Oftentimes, what we feel is best for us is kept at arm's length for a period of time. This period of waiting and trusting helps us to grow spiritually, and it sets the stage for God's will to unfold in an even greater way than we ever imagined. Learning to trust God's plan is not going to be easy street. We are going to be challenged, but the good news is, is that Through these challenges, we will see the goodness of God and learn more about his character. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, out of Philippians 4.13. Keep this one close because life is hard and we cannot do it on our own strength. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God all things are possible with God, out of Mark 10.27. Thank goodness, right? If we were relying on our own planning, weaknesses, and even strengths, things would not go so well. All things are possible with God. Rest in the truth. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Out of Jeremiah 32, 27. No matter what you are facing right now, know that nothing is too hard for the God you serve. So we probably need to expect heartbreak and pain on this journey. Trusting God in difficult times is one of the, those things that does not come naturally to most of us. It comes by going through the difficult times and seeing the faithfulness of God. 
Truth be told, God's words never promise that his plan will take us along a path of ease. We are never promised to be removed from the pain and suffering of this world. But we are promised that God will walk beside us through it all. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Out of Isaiah 43, 2. Trusting God's plan for my life isn't easy when I realize that it will not go as smoothly as I would like. The New Testament is full of verses to encourage us through the pain and suffering. James tells us to count in joy when we go through difficult times. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking of anything. Out of James 1, 2-4. I consider that your present suffering and are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Out of Romans eight eighteen, True faith isn't faith until it's tried. The pain and suffering of this world are temporary. God has created is using them to perform a good work in us. Trusting God's plan for my life may not be easy, but I'm willing to try. I'm ready to humble myself and be open to whatever he has planned for me. What about you? Are you ready to join me in trusting God with our future? If you are, here are five ways to follow God's plan for our lives. Wouldn't it be perfect if God would send down a blueprint for each of our lives? What if, when we were born, we came with an instruction manual that he wrote out for us? A manual that would outline what we should do to follow his plans for our lives. Sometimes, life can be so confusing and stressful that it can be difficult to understand what God wants for us over the noise of the world and the sounds of all the obligations pulling on us. And the truth is, God knows what he wants for us is in control of our plans. He has the blueprint for our lives drawn up. He is guiding us and putting seeds in our hearts. And like a gardener, he waters the seeds he plants within our hearts. God sees you, he hears you, and he answers your prayers. This life can be hard, but through trials, the Lord makes us stronger. During times of tribulation, our faith is able to grow and multiply at our Romans 5, 3 through 5 shows us that suffering produces perseverance and character, which leads to hope that allows God to pour into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. While there is pressure from society to succeed and meet a certain standard that the world holds us to, through God and the calling He places on our lives, we are able to achieve what He wants for our lives. So here are those five principles for God's plan for your life. Number one, be in prayer. A way to know that you are following God's plan for your life is by being in prayer. Take time each day to devote yourself to the Lord and the plans He has for your life. If you are giving each area of your life to God, then He will bless it and be able to work through it abundantly. And number two, be actively reading in the Word. It is one thing to go to church on Sunday and hear the pastor's sermon and another when you take time each day to devote to being in God's Word. Taking just a few minutes each day to read what's in the Word will give you a better understanding of the calling God has put on your life. And it will allow you to better live out the life He desires for you. And number three, follow the commands He puts on your heart. Allow God to guide your steps and trust the dreams He puts on your heart. 
Believe that he will qualify you and know that there is a dream that he has placed upon your heart. He will help you achieve it and he will be glorified in the process. And number four, seek a godly community. It's a lot easier to follow God's plan and act in ways that honor him when you have friends around you that encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Seek out a community at church that will hold you accountable and be able to give you godly counsel. And you may also seek out like a life group, Bible study. I know church is kind of hard right now, but seek out a community. And that could be in your own home with just a few people gathering. And that is what we call church. And number five, obey the truth. Know what is written in the Bible and follow the way he calls you to live. Live by the commandments and intentionally be an example of what a Christ follower should be. Being an adult in today's modern age comes with a set of challenges and pressures, but God qualifies us through our shortcomings just like he qualified Moses when he called upon him to lead the Israelites and stand up to the Pharaoh. If God has placed the desire of going back to school on your heart, then he will qualify you to do so. He will be there to walk alongside you and aid you in the areas of your own shortcomings. So next, I want to read you a poem. It's called, If Jesus Came. Would you have to change your clothes before you let him in? Or hide some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been? Would you hide your worldly music and put some hymn books out? Could you let Jesus walk right in? Or would you rush about? And I wonder, if the Savior spent a day or two with you, would you go right on doing the things you always do? Would you go right on saying the things you always say? Would life for you continue as it does from day to day? Would you take Jesus with you everywhere you go? Or would you maybe change your plans for just a day or so? Would you be glad to have him meet your closest friends? Or would you hope they stay away until his visit ends? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on? Or would you sign with great relief when he at last was gone? It might be interesting to know the things that you would do if Jesus came in person and to spend some time with you. After reading that poem, it makes you think, how do we know God's plan for our lives if we don't spend time with him? And if we're afraid to spend time with him or have him in our lives because of what's going on around us, maybe we should rethink that so that we can actually spend more time with him so we can know what his plan is for us. So I want to end today's episode on an audio clip from Will Graham on God Does Have a Plan for Your Life. See, my friends, God has a perfect plan for your life. He's got a perfect plan for your life. All the things that you've been longing for or looking for in life are found through Jesus and Him alone. It's not found here on this earth. It's not found in drugs, it's not found in money, it's not found in sex, it's not found in any of those things. It's found in a personal relationship with God. All you have to be willing to do is to surrender your life over to him, saying, Lord, here's all my broken pieces. I surrender it all over to you because, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Lord, I'm tired of being miserable in life. And God, I need you more than ever in my life. Lord, would you take my life and use it for you? Use it for your glory. Give me purpose in life, Lord. Help me to live for you, Lord. 
And my friends, he'll do that tonight. Starting tonight, he can do that. Yeah, and so that does bring us to the end of our episode today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And my prayer is always is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. Next week's episode is going to be on miracles. Hey, you can catch me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get mine for free. I hope everybody had a great week. God bless. We'll catch you next week.